Hello and welcome to The Freelancer Show. I'm Jeremy Green and today on the panel we also have Eric Dietrich. Hey everybody. Uh, and today we're going to talk about setting boundaries on the scope of your engagements. And what we mean by that is making sure that you don't take on jobs that are too big for you or too small uh, because both of those have you know, different sets of problems that they can cause that will have you know, create ripples in your business that are going to make other things go wrong. Uh, and it's really a good thing to uh, avoid if you can. This episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. Recently, I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. Sentry provides a terrific interface for keeping track of what's going on with my app. It also tracks releases so I can tell if what I deployed makes things better or worse. They give full stack traces and as much information as possible about the situation when the error occurred to help you track down the errors. Plus, one thing I love, you can customize the context provided by Sentry. So, if you're looking for specific information about the request, you can provide it. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information, and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open source Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io. So maybe we'll, we'll start with the too small one because I think that's sort of a, it's not as obvious to people, I think, that there's such thing as too small of a project. Um, what do you think about that, Eric? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's possible to go too small. And, you know, for those of you listening to understand kind of what I mean, uh, think of a like the most kind of trivial, almost an obtuse example. But imagine that some uh, client called you up and said, hey, we want you to come do an hour of onsite work for us. And, you know, we'll reimburse you $200 for that hour. But that client was, you know, a three hour drive away. You probably look at that you know, just intuitively off the top of your head and say, it's really not worth $200 for me to incur a six hour driving trip and all the gas and mileage and time. Uh, like I wouldn't make any money on this. So hopefully that kind of anchors the point that there is such a thing as too small, first of all, um, and too small or like too short in duration or not profitable enough, whatever the particular problem with it is, um, too small is a thing and it's important to recognize. And what we're talking about here is maybe that you start to understand your business enough and the way you're selling it to not have to do it by feel so much. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, you know, and I say almost from like a, a do as I say and not as I did perspective, because I think <laughs> I probably just intuitively understood this and made judgment calls for a long time, um, years before I started to sit down and say, okay, what are some scope boundaries for engagements that I want? Yep. Um, uh, I think I've sort of done the same, but I've, I've definitely fallen into the trap of, uh, taking on things that are too small or really for me, I think it was continuing work with somebody after their needs weren't after their needs had shrunk. Uh, and specifically, uh, back years ago, I owned a web design and development agency with a business partner and it would, it wasn't super common, but occasionally we would get people that, you know, didn't want to have, they never wanted to touch a content management system. If they noticed a spelling error on the website, you know, no amount of training or handholding was going to get them to a point where they wanted to just go fix that themselves, even though they had the tools to do so. And so 
they would want to pay us, you know, a quote unquote retainer, uh, where, you know, they could get up to two hours of updates every month to handle changing wordings or misspellings or that kind of thing. Um, and looking back in hindsight now, I realized that that was a bad situation for us to have gotten ourselves into. Um, I think one of the one of the real problems there is that clients don't really have a good uh, intuitive understanding about how long things will take. And so it was very common that we would get requests for way more work than we could possibly fit into those two hours that we were supposed to be doing. Uh, for somebody for that month, and then when we pushed back and said, "Oh no, that you know this isn't this isn't part of the two hours maintenance that we can do in a month. This is a new project, and we're going to need to get you a proposal." That's you know people weren't super happy about that. Um, you know we didn't we didn't do a good job of setting ex- expectations up front about what was included in the two hours. We just sort of said, "Oh yeah, you're going to pay us for two hours every month, whether we do stuff or not." Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but we didn't we didn't really set boundaries on here's what you get in the two hours, and we you know weren't good about being explicit that you know if you don't use your two hours this month. No, that does not mean that you've got four hours next month. Uh, you know, we had one client that we did the build on their site. They said, oh, yeah, this looks great. They wanted, you know, the maintenance contract. They went dark for about a year and then came back and thought, you know, hey, you guys owe me pretty much a full week of work on this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Are those rollover minutes? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. No, they're not rollover minutes. Uh and so, you know, we didn't do a good job of setting boundaries and helping people know what to expect on the one hand. And then on the other hand, just trying to, you know, trying to sell two hours a month in hindsight was just a bad idea. There's not really much that can get done in two hours that's going to meaningfully impact somebody's business. And so, you know, just if I had to do it again, we wouldn't we wouldn't take on those sorts of uh, contracts we would say you know we'll we'll correct a spelling error that's our fault for free when you notice it um, and if you need other work we're happy to give you another proposal yeah so uh, unpacking some stuff there that that strikes me and makes me think of my own experience too there's a tendency I think like say you were to just today decide to hang out your own shingle and go into business and, and your book of business was empty. Um, you kind of start taking on work and there's there's going to be, especially in the beginning, depending on your runway and all that, this tendency to say like, well, any work is more than no work. So um, if I take work in little spurts here and there, um, that's better than not having the work. So sure, I'll do it. And especially in a situation like that, following up with a client, this is a retainer, they may or may not call it in. I think one thing to take away as an audience member is this, you, you know, intentionality, I guess, of what you're doing. Um, meaning what are you really getting into? Like what could happen as opposed to just saying, you know, this seems all right. We'll kind of deal with things as they come up. So there's this, like, what is this offering actually? And and what is going to kind of set the boundaries for it? What might the client ask? What would we come back with? And then there's another element. To, and I think this is always easier to do in retrospect, but you you might wake up one day and say like, um, I've agreed to do two hours a month worth of work. So we're getting, you know, $400 a month for this, for our two hours. Um, but what I'm 
realizing is I'm spending five hours a month emailing back and forth, arguing about the scope of this two hours per month. And so like, what is my actual cost in doing this? And is this worthwhile? And I think like, um, you know, in applying it to your story, it's like easy for me to say, but I think of how many times I've come to a realization like that. And then, then thought like, okay, this is going to feed back into a policy that I have from here forward, like lesson learned, um, you know, and then you start doing things like maybe I say, I don't do any kind of retainerish arrangement for anything less than five hours a month or, you know, whatever it may be. So I think there's a lot of learning as you go, but there's probably ways you can think about it ahead of time to help avoid some of the pain of that learning. What, what do you think? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's certainly an easy thing to just sort of fall into a bad situation because you didn't give it thought up front. Uh, you know, I, I think that's certainly how we ended up there. Um, and you know, I don't think it's even necessarily related to just retainer stuff. You know, I think there is such a thing as just projects that are too small to be worth your time, uh, because the overhead of securing the deal and getting paid and getting sign off, you know, all that stuff will end up taking longer than the project itself does. Um, and yeah. you know, if you if you're charging a fantastic rate, then yeah, sure, great. Uh, but you know, you want to make sure that it all shakes out to be in your favor uh, at the end. Uh, you know, because there is the opportunity cost. Uh, you know, even if you are getting paid for that one little piece of work, uh, all the time that you're spending on the management and you know the overhead of it means you're not doing actual work for some something else that could be a, a bigger paycheck all at once. Um, and, you know, if you get enough small things 